Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It is a podcast that I do throughout the week, and then I string it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains, here in beautiful Asheville, Western North Carolina. Well, everybody, I've got a great show for you today, a couple of fun interviews, a couple of solo pieces, and I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I am not feeling great. I tested positive for COVID. Dang it, I made it this far without getting it, but I'm out there in the world pressing the flesh, and I must have come in contact with somebody who had it because now I've got it, but uh, I bring this up because I didn't get to interview one of the people I wanted to interview for this week's segment, and that is Raj or really any of the folks from Methville Indian Restaurant downtown. So because I didn't get to interview anybody, I'm just going to uh, give a little bit of a review. I went there for the lunch buffet with my friend Rick. It's located on Biltmore Avenue and uh, right near Kurate, Posana, all of that. And I went there with Rick, and we enjoyed the buffet, which is something like twelve ninety nine, all you can eat. And uh, then we, and I got two big platefuls, and it was delicious. It was that's my whole review. It was fantastic. If you like Indian food, the kind of Indian food that we are used to here in America, which is going to be mostly northern Indian dishes, a few southern dishes as well. Uh, if you like that kind of food, which I do very much, then you're going to love Mephil, M-E-H-F-I-L. So that's my review. I'm sorry I didn't get to interview anybody from over there. I will try to do that next week or in the following week. All right, everybody, stay away from COVID. Stay away from me and enjoy the rest of the show. Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, the food fan, and I am here in Food Fan Headquarters, and I have a special guest today. I have chef slash farmer slash my friend, Sunil Patel, with me. Hi, Sunil. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I yeah. haven't, I I was about to say I haven't seen you in a while, but I actually saw you not that long ago at a special session pop-up dinner at Session Cafe inside of Citizen Vinyl. That dinner was wonderful, man. I don't know if you saw my review, but I raved. Oh, I didn't see it. Thanks, though. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Can you go over the menu from that dinner for us a little bit? Because it was kind of, it was a great menu, Sunil, in that it was um, very comforting and familiar on some notes, but very different and new on other notes. And I thought the very first very different thing for me was you made a special kind of tofu that yeah. I've never had before. Can you describe that a little bit? Yeah, it's called, uh, it's a sesame tofu. Um, and tofu is kind of like a misleading word because it's not made with soy. Um, mm -hmm. But in Japan, I used to live in Japan and um, it was one of my favorite like delectable items uh, where they use uh, kudzu root starch and tofu, I mean, sesame milk and um, and set, set it together. So it's like this really like soft, like super sesame flavor type of, um tofu experience and um 
and then I, I kind of was doing like an Indo Japan fusion in that um, course where I was, I put like this cucumber chutney on and then there was like some kind of soy marinated turnips and carrots and it, it turned out pretty good. Yeah. It turned out really good. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was really incredible. And I had never had anything that had that texture and made out of those ingredients before and it was it was really good but um you know what i I, i'm an idiot i just want to launch into talking about food i haven't even given any background or anything (laughs) on you chef and i called you chef farmer when we started because uh for my audience chef sunil is also the um founder and one of the people who runs patchwork urban farms and do you mind telling the folks about that right now Sure. Yeah, it's a <clears throat> it's a farm. And it's uh, coming up on its tenth season here. Wow! Um, and uh, it's a multi-plot urban farm. Um, and uh, I grow on yards all around town. Well, actually, now it's all in West Asheville. Okay. Over the years, I've been kind of balancing my cooking and farming um, operation, and so um, it's kind of consolidated all here and. West Asheville. Um, I have three major plots here, I guess four, um, that I grow produce. Um, <clears throat> I don't have chickens right now, but usually I have a, a flock of chickens for eggs. Um, and I do herbs and egg, um, herbs and flowers and that kind of thing as well. That's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great model. I think that other um, cities might have similar things going on. Um, You've got these three plots of land inside city limits, like West Asheville looks like a different town, but it's still part of Asheville. And uh, that, and you grow a lot of great food. And am I correct in assuming that a lot of your pop-ups are going to include food from your own gardens? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, over the last couple of years, especially I've been growing kind of, for my cooking operation more so than just like fresh produce sales although I do that as well um and so that's been kind of fun to uh be like what do I want to cook with kind of more so than what do I think <clears throat> people want to eat but okay. <laughs> I like that um and and pe- people can sign up to be a member of uh patchwork alliance and order groceries and such online is that still going on i know i did it yeah. the first year it was available mm-hmm. yeah patchwork alliance is um is a is a different um project although it's kind of all i'm one of the main founders of that as well and it's okay. like a multi producer cooperative um and we do an online market so when you go to patchworkalliance.com you'll find like um a whole bunch of producers from around town um, selling together in there. And I'm one of them too. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you order your groceries through Pat- Patchwork Alliance online, uh, then what happens? Do you go pick uh, them up or they are delivered to your house or how does that work? Uh, either one. Uh, we okay. have home delivery options and pickup locations. There's uh, four different pickup location options around town. Okay. Um, one up in Weaverville, one at French Broad Food Co-op, um, one I have a walk-in cooler here in West Asheville, one here, and um, and then what's the other place? Oh, and then one in Montford as well. Okay, so those are great locations for people to get it, and then delivery costs a little, there's a small delivery fee, I would assume. Yeah, well, actually, um, it delivery um, 
is uh, up to um, the customer. They can um, contribute uh, whatever they feel is fair with delivery. Wow. So All right. um, we'll deliver for nothing or for as much as you want to contribute. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, you're, you're so Asheville, Sue Neal. Uh, <laughs> you, you truly are. Now, I, I first met you when you were working, uh, doing pop-ups at Sovereign Remedies. I went to a couple of your family-style Indian dinners, and they were great. Oh, man, they were so good. And uh, and as I mentioned, this one that I just attended about, what was that, about a month and a half ago at Session Cafe mm-hmm. was also fantastic. So I, I want to, of course, encourage the listeners to go to Patchwork find patchwork alliance online and sign up and do all that but also where can they follow you to find out when your next chef adventure is going to be when your next pop-up might be would that be instagram the best place yeah um patchwork urban farms on facebook and instagram um i'll usually post there and uh um i think my newsletter thing is my email sign up list is working i'm not sure but uh, just follow on facebook and instagram and you'd hear about anything i'm up to i also do private events and stuff so if anyone's interested in um you know a private uh workshop or you know party or whatever it might be i do that okay that's Mm -hmm. good to know and so just just for clarification the patchwork urban alliance uh tag is is also the place to find your stuff for your pop-ups for Chef Sunil? Yeah, Patrick. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like kind of regretting that Patrick's in both names now. But, okay, yeah. But, uh, Patrick Urban Farms is like my farm. And okay. then Patrick Alliance is the cooperative that okay. I'm founder of and part of. Um, okay. But uh, you, would, you would be able to find um, my cooking stuff mostly on Patrick Urban Farms. Farms, uh, okay. That's the just I'm an idiot, so I just want to clarify one more time. Patchwork Urban Farms, that's where we find out about your personal stuff, your Mm -hmm. pop-ups as a chef, and some news about the farms. And then Patchwork Urban Alliance is just is something that you belong to, and people can follow that as well. Yeah, Patchwork Alliance, no urban in there. No urban, Uh, okay. And and that project eventually. I know, yeah. That project is really about like kind of um shifting the way we do food and farming it's all about like creating a cooperative where producers workers and consumers can co-own basically the food marketplace and so um we've started it online but um eventually we hope to see like you know patchwork alliance multi-vendor storefronts and that kind of thing happening in the you know all around you know in every neighborhood or whatever it might be um really yeah that's that's super interesting so Mm -hmm. like a little sort of food court of people who are part of the alliance in Mm -hmm. in residential neighborhoods yeah or wherever you know it's possible that you know it's convenient for folks you know yeah there's kind of like you know the local food movement um um like you know we believe that like the local food movement food movement doesn't stop at like farmer's markets. A lot of times like people are like, Oh, that's like the pinnacle um, state of the local food movement. But um, in reality, there's, there's a lot of problems with like thinking that way in terms of like true change in how we do like the business of food and farming. And so um, we're really trying to address a lot of that with like a cooperative structure. And then also just, um, uh, 
lots of ways to create access for both consumers and producers to market and to food. That's awesome. I'm so glad that we're having this conversation. I needed to know all this stuff and I know my <laughs> uh, listeners are going to really enjoy hearing all of this stuff mm-hmm. too. Um, so you're doing good things. You're growing food. You're doing your, your pop-ups and you're also involved with the Asheville good food truck that uh, is currently parked at the getaway mm-hmm. and um, at the getaway river bar down on Riverside road. And I ate there just last weekend with my family, and I had a wonderful experience. Chef David Tassel was in the truck, D- David Van Tassel, sorry, and um, and the food was great. But you're also involved, and you you mentioned you'll be cooking there on the weekends during December. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. This month I'll be cooking. Um, it's it's called Good AF, Good Asheville Food, um, and it's going to be parked over at the Getaway on. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from one to seven, uh, we'll be serving food. And um, starting this weekend, I'll have my butter curry on the menu. All right. That's really what I was fishing for there, Sunil. <laughs> I just wanted you to say that out loud because everybody <laughs> that I know who loves butter, butter curry, whether it's chicken or I'm sure you're offering a vegetarian version as well. Mm-hmm uh we all love your version of it it's a very popular dish and your version is excellent anybody who's had it will be excited to hear that it will be available at the good af truck um, Mm -hmm. on the weekend this weekend coming up and every weekend in december uh and and then you told me that you're staffing the truck and that you're not sure where it'll be after december but it's going to go out on the road and and park places is that right i think so yeah um I'm a little removed from the um, the plans that they're making for it. Um, okay. So I'm not 100% sure what they're going to do in January. Um, but yeah, they're hoping to, you know, make it a big, a big deal. A big deal. That's great. <laughs> and the, the food that I had off the truck was uh, very Asian inspired uh, mm-hmm. foods, some really nice chicken wings and some dumplings spring rolls um a really nice ramen actually the ramen was excellent and uh so i enjoyed it very much and i'll see if i can get my family to go back down there this weekend try some of that butter chicken yeah um and and we tried a vegan dish too what did we get we got oh we got the vegan chicken nuggets as well as the uh the chicken wings and i i love vegan food as long as it's tasty you know and these nuggets are just like you know they're deep fried and they're real good and so Mm -hmm. they were excellent but a lot of that is um from what i understand that's david van tassel's menu yep yeah and you so you'll be cooking some of dvt's food and then you're also adding your butter chicken any any other sunil dishes going to sneak onto the menu this weekend uh not this weekend but um we'll see i think um my samosas are pretty famous as well and i'm thinking i might put those on there too yeah um and then yeah we'll see where it goes um the vision for the um food there is kind of like a multi-chef type of um vision which is you know okay being worked out as we speak but um okay you know, eventually you might see like um multiple kinds of chef influences in the menu or you know uh dishes okay so are you kind of hinting around that we might see some of our other favorite chefs working in the truck or contributing to the menu or um you're 
I don't know. Tell tell me more. This is intriguing. Well, I don't really know either. Okay. <laughs> I actually just came into this like uh like over the last two weeks. Um, okay. Charlie, Charlie's like the owner of Sovereign Remedies and he sure. um he, he was like uh you know, he's just trying to assemble like a uh a, a really awesome, you know, menu, mostly like Asian and East like South Asian and East Asian inspired stuff. And mm-hmm. uh and so we'll see. I'm not sure. Um what what they've got brewing exactly with that concept but okay understanding of it <laughs> well, maybe i should get mr charlie hodge on yeah to talk yeah, to me about that charlie about it yeah. yeah i'll try to get him on so in the meantime sunil what mm-hmm. what do you think the future holds for you uh chef sunil um are are you hoping to do more cooking uh right you mentioned before we start to record that it's a little sporadic right now um are you a person who dreams of the brick and mortar are you planning to open a restaurant one day like can you predict your own future for us a little bit oh wow (laughs) it felt so like i don't know what i'm doing with my life kind of feelings recently but (laughs) join the club Um, i have like um supper supper club dreams supper club Um, dreams i'm writing that down (laughs) and so you know like it'd be awesome to make like a, a club of both eaters and, and, and chefs um, that, you know, share uh, venues and uh, spaces and, um, you know, do like regular, um, re- regular supper club events, you know, even in people's homes, you know, all kinds of stuff like that is like really exciting concept to me. And so that's kind of front of the mind as far as like the next kind of evolution of things right now. I'm kind of like, you know, I get, I get private, you know, requests for cooking and stuff coming in. Um, but then, um, schedule, you know, pop-up dinners and that kinds of thing, things, those kinds of things as well. But it'd be awesome to like, you know, kind of make a, a whole club out of like multiple chefs, you know, and multiple venue and all that kind of stuff to yeah have a really fun time with that dude i am sitting here feeling so excited hearing you talking about that because i also have dreams of starting a supper club because oh, yeah. i do i think it would be a really fun concept for the eaters to for the hardcore eaters for the people that really love food that mm-hmm. aren't fussy and don't have like a lot of restrictions and stuff to um, get together and talk mostly about food. Like I'm obsessed with talking about food and I know other people are too. Mm-hmm. So I just, and I, this is going to sound funny, but I have a wonderful set of dishes. I have a service set of, for 12 and okay. I'm dying to use this set of dishes for some reason mm-hmm. to have people over to my house. And what I have been dreaming and scheming about is a supper club that would uh-huh. sometimes meet at my house and other times, as you said, at different venues and stuff. So yeah, yeah your concept really excites me. So please keep me in the loop on that. Yeah, let's talk soon, actually, because uh, I haven't talked about it much with a lot of people. So yeah. okay. Bounce ideas back and forth. I would yeah. love to, Sunil. Mm-hmm. I just got a, a set of um, silverware. My brother-in-law was cleaning his mom's house out. She's moving and uh, he didn't 
have the ability to fly his the silverware back <laughs> to Colorado okay. and okay uh, and, and immediately I was like ooh that'd be great for this upper class <laughs> yeah <laughs> so right. I just have that sitting here it yeah. all starts with a good set right <laughs> a good service set you got to be able to serve the food yeah uh, I did a, I the reason I got the set is because one day I did a pop-up dinner with Chef Jay Medford from Storm and Underground Cafe slash Stained Glazed Donuts and we did it in the underground which seats about 12 people so I bought a set of 12 dishes for mm-hmm. this. And then COVID came and we never did it again. But mm-hmm. so now I've got these dishes and I want to show them off. Um, <laughs> well, Chef, it's been really great talking to you, catching up with you and learning the various things you've got going on. Um, it sounds like you've got exciting ideas for the future and you've got a lot, a lot of opportunities right now. And there are opportunities for the eaters to find your food and really enjoy it. So um, let's see. I sometimes like to put my guests on the spot at the very end of the interview and just ask them if they have eaten at any restaurant or had a particular dish lately that they want to shout out or a friend in the industry that they really just want to say, hey, everybody, you got to try this food, this dish, this chef. Do you want to shout out a friend or a dish? Uh, Well, I guess, I mean, we already talked about um good af trucks uh wings they're really yummy yeah he smokes uh chef david smokes them and then and then we fry them to order and um he's got some awesome wing sauces that they're tossed in there's like a green curry one which is pretty interesting absolutely um and uh and a peanut satay um and a, a sweet chili one too yeah all right. So shout out from Chef Sunil to Chef David Van Tassel's chicken wings. So there you go, man. Everybody get on down, get those wings this weekend. And you can get them right from Chef Sunil and try the butter, uh, butter curry as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Chef, farmer, friend. Thank you for being on my show today. I really appreciate you. And you're you're just one of my favorite chefs in terms of the food that you cook. And you're just a very nice person, Sunil. And I like you very much. Thanks, too. I like you, too. (laughs) All right, brother. Have a great day. You, too. Bye. Bye. Well, folks, it is the gift-giving season, and I am a gift giver. I love to give presents to people. I'm already forcing Don to open Christmas presents. It's like four weeks before Christmas. No, it's like three weeks before Christmas. I have a hard time keeping track of time. But we have an advent calendar. In in every little drawer of our advent calendar, I have placed some chocolates or another treat as well as a tiny toy or decoration of some kind. I go bananas over the gift giving. And uh, I have some gift giving tips and ideas for everybody out there. First of all, I want to mention that the restaurant Chestnut right downtown on Biltmore Avenue is doing a gift box of six cookies. They're called Cookies for a Cause. They do it every year. And the money goes this year to Our Voice, a wonderful organization. And so I picked up a box of these cookies, very sweet and delicious, and a variety of flavors. And uh, my favorite was the snowflake-shaped frosted gingerbread cookie. So uh, just keep that in mind. And uh, so go get yourself a box of those and buy one as a gift. It comes in a really cute little gift box with a tag and everything. And so gift idea number one, gift idea number two is the Rue 
Botanist in Barrel, La Bodega by Curate, and other little markets around town. There are lots of little tiny marketplaces around town. The three I just mentioned, at the Rue, they sell all kinds of regional condiments, which as a food fan, I love getting condiments at Christmas time. So we have like a lot of little relishes and ketchups and uh i'm sorry i'm thinking of holman and finch has the ketchups and mustard but uh and that go do some shopping there as well and at the rue they have a variety of peanut butters that are made regionally they have a little case that has i don't know bacon and all kinds of stuff i know bacon's weird to give for a gift but not at our house you just keep it in the fridge until christmas morning and then boom under the tree, boom, bacon for Christmas morning. <laughs> These are, I'm giving you tips and, and hints on what to get me for Christmas. Uh, and then, so yes, those marketplaces. At the Rue, they have those things. At La Bodega by Curate, Felix Miana is importing all kinds of fun stuff from Spain. So great olive oils, tinned seafood. Uh, they have their own breads and sauces and stuff available, as well as Chef Katie Button's cookbook, crackers, potato chips, all kind of wine out the wazoo, vermouth. So a great place to shop for food lovers on your holiday gift list. And then uh, what was the other one I mentioned? Botanist and Barrel. Don't sleep on that one. The front of Botanist and Barrel has a very cute little marketplace. on. By the way, La Bodega is on South Lexington Avenue, just down the street from the Rue, which is also on South Lexington Botanist and Barrel is located on uh, Broadway, just kind of uh, across the street from Strata, down the street from the AC Hotel. Uh, it has It is a wine and cider maker, basically a cidery, a cidery, and, uh, but a lot of their ciders taste like wine and are actually made from grapes, muscadine grapes and stuff. So it is technically wine, but it's all natural, fermented, local, has what they call a Southern terroir. Uh, and that uh, the word terroir is French and it means uh, the, the flavor or the spirit of the earth. And so the flavor and the spirit of the Southern soil in their wines and ciders. So those make great gifts for people who love those, but also they have a cute marketplace with, again, a lot of, a lot of tinned, fish and the famous tinned lobster that I'm always making posts about. I grew up in New England eating fresh lobster is my very first food memory. Very first one. This tinned lobster is actually really good. I, I just ate some last night. As a matter of fact, made a nice little fettuccine, with some lobster in it. Any hoodles, those are just three. And right down the street from Botanist and Barrel is the Bee Charmer. And there's another one over on Battery Park Avenue. Highly recommended for anybody everybody loves honey i don't know anybody who doesn't love honey i'm sure people don't and that's fine too ain't no food shaming on the food fan show but uh i love honey and so does dawn and so does my sister and so and my mom so that makes a great gift and then all kinds of a honey accoutrement and like little dippers and whatever one of the greatest honey dispensers in the world, this little thing that has sort of a trigger on it. That's great. So uh, think about that. I gave that to Dawn for Christmas one year and she really liked it. So the beach armor, great holiday gift spot. And uh, then I want to recommend some of the uh, places that you can only do online. I have recommended, of course, the marble and steel uh, craft 
chocolates online. So do that. If you can just contact them online, order some as a gift, have them delivered. And speaking of delivery online, you know what makes a really nice gift that people don't think about much is arranging to have a hot meal delivered to somebody or a dessert or something delivered to somebody through a food delivery service. Now, I'm a big fan of kickbackavl.com. Full disclosure, I worked for them during the COVID years. They're a great locally owned company. And uh, and I I have used Kickback to send food to people as a surprise or telling them in advance, like expect I'm buying you lunch today, expect that. So you can do that for the holidays as well, like not right on Christmas, Kickback won't be working on Christmas Day, but before the holidays, consider using a delivery service to deliver some food to one of your favorite people. Um, and th those are just some of my holiday tips and tricks. I do a lot of retail shopping downtown too. Going to recommend the Cottage Collection on Broadway. Uh, Mother, what is it called? Clutter Buckets, Mother Clutter Buckets or something like that over on Battery Park Avenue. I apologize, I'm spacing out on the name. It's a great store with a, a combination of actual vintage stuff and new stuff that's all like kind of retro and cool. Uh, clutter, ma Madam, Madam Clutter Buckets. There you go. And then right across the street from that is Kilwins. Now, Kilwins is a chain and it's not the most high quality chocolate, but it's affordable and they make all kinds of little shapes and Christmas stuff. So I'm always, I'm buying those to stick in my uh, advent calendar a lot of the times because they are cheap uh, or cheaper than the other chocolates. But I don't mind spending money on good chocolate. So, of course, just the other day I walked over to Chocolate Fetish and I bought a bunch of little stuff to put in our advent calendar as well as some larger pieces to put under the tree. Uh, we celebrate Christmas around our house uh, as well as a few other holidays tangentially. But uh, this goes for all season and really all year. If you want to buy people chocolate, they ain't going to hate that. So, uh, and then, of course, we have our good friends over at French Broad Chocolates. They have wonderful truffles. Buying somebody a box of truffles is great. Oh, let's skip back to the chocolate fetish and just say that that's world that's world class chocolate over there. They have won awards at world class competitions, and their chocolate Santas, their chocolate snowmen, their white chocolate is some of the best ever. And I know people really poo poo white chocolate but if it's done right it's really great it's made out of pure cocoa butter and it's just one of the best things ever so their chocolate white chocolate snowmen their chocolate santas are great at chocolate fetish and now back to the french broad chocolate lounge you get all manner of good stuff there it's a, i don't care if you have friends that like chocolate you just buy them something at french broad chocolate lounge and you're all set for the rest of your friendship with them and uh and then there are there is also Asheville chocolates down on broadway and they have a really nice selection of truffles and uh, shapes. And they do really great shapes. At, uh, actually, I got to pop in there and get some shapes uh, for Christmas at the Asheville Chocolates on Broadway. So there you go. Just some uh, gift ideas. I'll give you more before the holidays end. And uh, I hope that you enjoy that and that you are able to use some of this information. I hope I see you shopping downtown. I love to shop. Hope to see you out there. Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Held, and I am here at Food Fan Headquarters, and I have another guest today. I have 
Thomas Parker from Asheville Custom E-Bikes or Ace Bikes. Hey, Thomas, how are you today? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, myself, just recently purchased an e-bike from you guys. I purchased a real badass little black e-bike. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, Thomas, I haven't ridden it much because I still haven't gotten a helmet. I ordered a helmet online. It showed up. It was too small. I have to send it back, get another one. And I don't want to ride this thing without a helmet. I'm, I'm, a, oh, st- yeah. I'm a stickler that way. But even without a helmet, I rode it home from the shop to my house, which is kind of just around the corner. And uh, it was great, man. I loved it. So I think e-bikes are kind of the wave of the future. Why don't you go ahead and sell the public on an e-bike right now? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, like you said, e-bikes are the wave of the future. I mean, if we want to put it into sports terms, we're still in the first inning of a non-inning baseball game. So, I mean, that's, that's the main thing on e-bikes um right now you're getting a lot of the older generations i'm talking like 70 plus who used to love riding bikes but they're like you know hip knee problems anything of that sort they're like hey loved it can't go up those hills like i used to or just can't get out like i want to right so that's where that's coming along okay but we're seeing more and more of the younger generation who this one i mean you know um climate you know anything you know looking at any type of pollution and they're just like hey i only live five miles from my work why Uh why don't i bike yes and oh keep going oh yeah i mean that's where we've seen a lot more of that but it's a lot of people just don't recognize they e-bikes are still new that's the biggest thing they are and they're kind of uh they're they're just getting past the novelty stage i feel like for a while it was like oh an e-bike a pedal assist we had to learn what those words even meant and um and i hardly knew anybody who had one my friend angie was the first person i knew who got one and that's because she had a kid and the e-bike was a way for her to put the kid on the back and ride around in town without having to get in her car and she really she's a younger person i think she was in her 30s when all of that was happening and um and so she really liked it because it made it easier for her life as a mom to just hop on the e-bike and go and i know for myself i used to ride a bike a regular bike all the time and then i got bronchitis one year and i never really got back on my bike and so i I, it's been years and years since i've been on any kind of bike and i hopped on an e-bike i went down there with lucho from Asheville multicultural down to your shop and your shop's on Depot Street in the River Arts District, yep. by the way. Yep. And I hopped on a bike, and I loved it. So why don't you just kind of describe to people what it's like to ride an e-bike? Oh, I mean, so, yeah, the e-bikes, I mean, really, they sell themselves. I mean, you hop on one, and you start pedaling, and then the motor kicks in, and you you start taking off, and you just feel like you're a kid again. Yeah. I mean – you're you're taking hills going 15 to 20 miles an hour and you're like man i'm barely pedaling but it's just that feeling of getting out and just to me you see a different world when you start riding riding a bike you know you're you're paying attention a lot more one to the traffic to everything like that but you're also looking at uh i mean just say i i've started riding bikes and 
taken just roads that I drove on, on plenty of times. And then all of a sudden it's like start riding a bike. And I'm like, wow, I've never noticed that there before. Um, so I think it's just it's one of those things that just it makes you feel better. I think that's what it is. It's just that fresh air. You're just getting out there. You're moving your legs a little bit more, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it might not you might not get sweaty or anything like that. But ultimately, you're still doing those movements that are helping your joints open up just your your breathing in the fresh air to me it's just more about experience than it is just about a bike itself i agree that it's kind of when i first got on it and i started to pedal and it kicked in there was this sense of excitement almost like you said it's like being a kid again there was a sense of excitement like as it took off and i mentioned that i rode home from the shop and part of the ride home from to my house from your shop is up a really steep hill called Bartlett Street. And anybody familiar with the south side of mm-hmm. Asheville knows Bartlett Street. And even back in the day when I was in great shape on a regular bike, I could not get up Bartlett Street. I would get off my bike and walk up. So that was, to me, going to be the true test of this e-bike. And man, it, it tore up Bartlett Street like it was nothing. And... I ended up, and you said you don't get sweaty, you're not exactly like getting a full workout, but I feel like you can because it was going up Bartlett Street so nicely. I think I had it in the fifth position of pedal assist that I knocked it down to four so that I would have to pedal a little bit more. And I was a little bit out of breath now. Keep in mind, I'm in terrible shape right now. But um <laughs> But I uh, I did get some exercise, and that is part of my goal with the e-bike. Just hopping on a regular bike and trying to chew up a hill when you haven't done it for years is painful, like super painful. And doing it on an e-bike, you can regulate how much pain you want to put yourself through with the pedal. Yeah, and that's, that's it. I mean, you're going to go more often. You're going to go further. Um, I mean, that's the thing. I, I wasn't a big bike rider until I started you know, with this company. And then now, you know, me and my son, will go out on, you know, 10 mile bike rides every evening, you know, and we can still do more. Yeah. And it just, so it brings people together. That's the biggest thing. That's great. And I feel like uh, I say it's the wave of the future. And part of what I mean about that is, um, you know, we are so tied to gas prices. Our emotions are tied to it. Our politics are tied to it. We are just like puppets on a string for gas prices. And I feel like if people have the option, like I'm not saying give up your car, although, yeah, I encourage that as well. But um, the option to hop on an e-bike, to go to the corner store, to go to their friend's house, to zip downtown, to ride 10 miles, like 10 miles ain't nothing. Um, And that just like frees you up from the gas price manipulators uh a little bit in my opinion so that's why i feel like it's part of the wave of the future it can help us get off of dependency on gasoline um so let me ask you some quick faq type questions yeah of course um how do you charge these things up so all it is i mean it looks just like a laptop charger i mean that's essentially what it is you can charge them on the bike or off the bike um and really, I mean, you're looking, you know, say you drain your battery all the way down. For the most part, most of them is only going to take four to six hours to fully charge. Okay. And from there, you're still going to get 
you know, on average, it depends on your hills, but we say on average, you're getting about 30 to 40 miles more than what most people are drive, you know, right in a day. Yeah. So yeah, my, mine has a battery and it comes off and I can bring the battery inside and charge the battery up, or I can leave it on the bike and just plug it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so here's a question that I know the answer to, because I asked you, uh, when you pedal, does it generate electricity? It does not. So a lot of people ask that you would have to have so much downhill force for it to actually regenerate power. Some of them have done it before, um, but you would have to be going down a hill a long ways to generate more, you know, basically to recharge that battery. Okay. And um, can you plug your phone into it? Yes. A lot of them have USBs um, drives that will help charge your phone while you're going. And just because you charge your phone, it's not going to drain your battery. Those batteries are so big. You can pretty much recharge your phone a hundred times before it, you know, it drains down. And uh, is it okay to ride an electric bike in the rain? It is. So that's a lot of it. I mean, most people are like, I don't want to spend the money if I can't ride in the rain. Well, it's there. The connections are waterproof. Now we're not going to go take it down, you know, into the river or anything like that. But ultimately, you still can ride it in the rain. Okay, great. Uh, I think those are my FAQs. Did I leave any out that people often ask you? You know, one of you know, I'll just in it or just have this. A lot of people, there is a huge misconception about prices of e-bikes. So okay. I was talking to someone yesterday, um, someone I hadn't seen in a while. They were asking what I was doing now. I was telling them that, and they were like, "Man, those are expensive." I said, "Whoa." The majority of ours that we sell are under $2,000. And if you ask a lot of people who do mountain bikes, road bikes, $2,000 is not anything for a bike anymore. Um, So, you know, coming to it and getting a bike that we have tested out, we, we carry 27 different brands plus, but we've, had some and we're like hey those don't you know aren't very good quality they don't stand up to what we want you know our consumers to have Mm -hmm. and so we've tested them out we've had them and that's why on average yeah you can go buy a e-bike for 700 bucks but you'll be you'll be seeing us in a little while (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, my, my bike was not um was about uh 1800 bucks i believe or uh 1600 um, yeah. so it was a good value for me. I did sort of set some money aside every week, uh, just so I wouldn't feel the pain when I popped for it. And uh-huh. it was something I planned on for a while. And, uh, this, I planned on it for a long time, but why I eventually pulled the trigger and this is no joke is because I was reading about so many restaurants that were opening up in parts of Asheville that I can't walk to. And I don't, I don't drive a car at all. And so I'm either going to walk or in the back of the day, I'd ride my bike. But now with an e-bike, I'm looking forward to going to Elliot Moss's new restaurant, which is way out where Happy Hill used to be. It's not quite open yet, but I'm, and now my friend Stephen Goff owns the Tasty Diner in West Asheville. So um, I want to be able to go see him whenever I want. So the e-bike is going to give me a lot bigger 
range of places I can get to. Now that's meaningless to somebody with a car who's got like the world at their fingertips, but to people who don't walk and maybe who do or who don't drive and maybe who do ride a regular bike, I, I feel like an e-bike is just going to open the world to me. Well, it and it is, and that's the thing. And the more people you have on the bike, I know this is one of the biggest things. Look at Merriman. You know, they just opened up all these bike lanes. Yeah. Asheville is becoming more bike friendly. Um, and so eventually you're going to have these bike lanes. Yeah. You, you might be able to beat most of the cars because it's going to be, yeah, we still, you still obey the laws, but at that point, a bike can go on a sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so you can avoid, Hey, Oh, there's traffic there. Hit those bike lanes. Boom. You know, you're going to be able to beat most of that traffic, but I agree. I think, my thing, so, you know, and this is going to be some of the traditional bike shops look down on e-bikes. But my my thing is the more people we have on bikes, the more laws that are going to be passed to help everyone with bikes. Um, and ultimately, you know, why not? If someone's got that e-bike, they're more likely to go out if there's any, you know, walls or anything that they're trying to impose or redoing roadways. Uh-huh. Then it's going to be like, hey. Here's my opinion. We need these bike lights. Yeah. Um, and uh, also parking. I mean, like people are so concerned about parking. And when you have a bike or an e-bike or even a motorcycle to a degree, parking is a lot easier. And um, here, here's a question. How about security with the e-bike and uh, theft? Uh, how, how concerned should e-bike owners be when they park their bike outside downtown? So one thing we, you know, biggest thing is always we say a chain, but we sell a security alarm too, um, to go along with your bikes. And you basically you arm it and it goes off a vibration to go off of there. Um, is that going to stop a thief? No. And I hate saying that if somebody really, truly wants something, they're going to get it. You know, look, look at cars, you know, if they're alone in your car, they're going to get it. But just that extra security factor of, um, having it's it's basically an alarm um, that you arm like a car, and then if they start messing with it, you're just going to turn any lock that you have, you know, ten times that value, you know, to stop any of those opportunity thefts. Uh-huh. Most of the time, though, they they don't even know that they are e-bikes. You know, the batteries are so well integrated anymore that it looks just like a regular bike. Um, mine looks kind of like a little motorcycle or a little moped sort of, uh, it's kind of a tougher, it's got real thick wheels and stuff. It's, it's great. Cause I can ride over rocks, which I did test it out on that. And, uh, and I think, uh, mine came with a built in, uh, vibrator, um, motion sensitive, um, alarm system. You, you showed it to me. Yeah, no, that was the, the one of the things that we saw with it. Also okay. another oh, okay. thing for your bike, um, just so everybody we have some like your bike folds up. Yes. Uh, you know, so we have folding bikes. So if you don't have a big car or anything like that, you know, we have some of these bikes that'll fold up and they'll fit into the back of a, a trunk of a car, a regular yeah. sedan. Yeah. And you got some bigger ones. We got the fat tires. So yours does have the four inch tires on it. Yeah. Um, and so that just makes it, you know, safer on the roadways. Cause you're hitting four inches of pavement, you know, instead of two inches. Yep. And go over some gravel, no problem. 
Well, uh, Thomas, I'm going to let you go, but just a little bit of business at the end. Uh, why don't you rattle off your web address for us and your street address for us and how you'd like people to contact you? Yeah. So um, we are uh, street address is 342 Depot Street. And the website is theacebikes.com. So T-H-E-A-C-E-B-I-K-E-S.com. Um, you can reach out to us. There's a contact form on our website, or you can always call 828-595-4295. Uh, we always suggest people just come in. We let people test drive the bikes. You know, we have a beautiful location for you to ride the bikes. Um, and we have a small hill going up Lehman right there. So that way you can kind of feel what it goes up the hill. Yep. And we, we don't want you to buy a bike online and then you get it home and you're like, Oh, I'm never going to ride this thing. I wish no. I went and bought it, yeah. you know? So we want you to test out the bikes. So that way, you know, you're not going to buy a new car without you test driving it. So why don't, you know, so we, we kind of treat it that same, that same way. Um, we want you happy at the end of the day. All right, man. Well, I'm happy. I'm a happy customer. I can't wait to get that helmet in the mail and then I'll really let you know how I like the bike. Yeah. And Thomas, thanks a lot for joining us this morning and telling the folks all about e-bikes. I, I I hope that more and more people will come see you and that I'll see more people riding these things. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate it. All right, man. Have a great day. All right. We'll see you. All right, everybody, before I say goodbye for this week, I just want to remind you of a couple of things. First of all, the Stubby Awards are coming up, or as I call them officially, the Asheville Food Fan Awards, unofficially known as the Stubies. I've been doing them for nine years, so hey, these will be the 10th annual Stubby Awards. That's pretty cool. Or will they be nine? I'll have to figure that out later on a piece of paper. I'm not too good at math. But every year in January, I give out my best of awards for the previous year and they are based entirely on my own experiences at all the restaurants my awards are like a an of the year award as opposed to a best of award and so there'll be things like the smash burger of the year and the bar burger of the year and that's uh that's a new thing where i've split the burger category into two different categories because they're two different animals as we've discussed many times on this show so yeah got the Stubby awards coming up gonna try to check out as many new venues as i can between now and the end of december it's crunch time i can't get to them all i apologize if you don't make the list of nominees or winners uh that just means i probably didn't make it into your restaurant or didn't get there enough times to really make a judgment about the food uh but i'll try to get to you next year is stick around and i'll get to you if i can i'm just one little old person and i don't even drive a car and i'm trying to i'm trying to eat as many places as i can I'm doing the best i can with the tools that i have uh all right folks so stay tuned for the Stuby awards as i alluded to i have nominations and then winners so in the first week of january I will announce the nominees uh, for the previous year. And there'll be three to five, up to seven nominees in every category. 
and there will be probably 20 categories. I'm not sure. 20 seems like not enough. It seems like too a lot. It, let me back up. 20 seems like a lot, right? But when you're writing them and you're like the best this, the best that, the best, you're like, dang, man, there's not enough. And I sometimes the categories get out of control. It can be 25, 30 categories, and then it's really hard for me to write. So I try to keep it trimmed down. Now, if you want unlimited number of categories, you have other choices for best ofs. You have a lot of ways to find out other people's best of choices. These are my best of choices. They may not necessarily jibe with your own, but I hope that the ones that I pick are ones that you will go try and that you will agree with me that they are amazing. So, yeah, stay tuned for the Stubby Awards. Also want to remind you that I'm still trying to raise money for Mana Food Bank. If you can donate to Mana during this time of year, please do. If you can do it through my Facebook uh, fundraiser, that's very helpful. It adds to my total, trying to get to 5000 We're just a little over 3000 now, so we've got a ways to go in the next few weeks. And but if you can't do it through Facebook, just do it anyways. And if you want to, you can say you can put on behalf of Stu Helm Food Fan in the uh, little there's a little place to write a memo. You don't even have to do that. Just please donate to Mana. It is a great cause. And while we're all eating a lot of great food this uh, holiday season, I should say we're not all eating a lot of great food this holiday season. Some of us are left out. And I, manna is one of the ways that we can include everybody in a big eating tradition around the holidays. So give if you can. I, I have. I have personally given. I'm not just asking you to donate. I am also donating. And uh, yeah, so please do that. And please, if you got deep pockets, donate to WPVM 103.7 FM as well. They are a nonprofit public radio station that serves the local Asheville area with local news, music, insights, and they host my show, of course. So please donate to WPVM at WPVMFM.org if you can. All right, folks, and the final things, please follow me on social media on Facebook. I am at Stu Helm Food Fan, and in fact, that is my tag on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, as well as Substack. Please subscribe to my Substack newsletter. And uh, please, um, was oh, and I just want to say that our theme song is a song called Cheese Wagon by a band called the Dorita Sisters. So thank you to the Dorita Sisters for letting us use that song as our theme song. And as always, folks, have a great week. If you eat something good, Please try to let me know about it. There's plenty of places to leave me a comment. All right. Take care. Bye.
This episode of the Food Fans Radio Show was underwritten in part by Asheville Food Tours. Did you know that there are over 200 places to eat and drink in downtown Asheville alone? It can be overwhelming. Whether you're a visitor or a local, there's no better way to experience downtown Asheville than taking a food tour with Asheville Food Tours. Details, pricing, and an easy-to-use calendar can be found at AshevilleFoodTours.com. That's AshevilleFoodTours.com.